Hello, everyone, and welcome to the um, third week of Advent edition of the Monday check-in. Uh, I'm, I'm Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors at First Presbyterian, Hast First Presbyterian Church of Hastings, Nebraska. Yeah, it's going too fast from anybody's good in that instance. Uh, joined by Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. And I, I would point out, Damon, uh, we've been doing this long enough now that we can't just call this the third Sunday or the third week of Advent Monday check-in because there's other third week of Advent Monday check-ins floating around out there in the ether. There are. Well, we did this last year, right? Mm. Yeah, I suppose that's true. So um, this is the third week of Advent 2021 version yeah. of the Monday yeah. check-in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I imagine that my uh, wardrobe and attire is pretty much the exact same as it was <laughs> last year. I would guess, if I, if I was a betting man, that you were sitting uh, in your house doing this last year, if we were to go back and check, as opposed to sitting yeah. in your office. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember this. Last year, we were still on the quasi-lockdown schedule where we were alternating who was in the office to make sure that we didn't all get COVID at the same time if we were to be mm -hmm. struck with COVID. And I think Mondays were the days that I came in and you worked from home, maybe? That sounds right. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Mondays was the day that Gene came in and you and I were both at home, which means I would have been doing this from my office too, my home office. Uh, you may have been. I know that I was home. That's how my cat ended up in a lot of these. Baloney did make a number of appearances. Uh, mm -hmm. We actually kind of missed the baloney appearances. If we're yeah, I honest. do. That's one of the things that I get relatively consistent feedback on. People are like, we, where's baloney? <laughs> we need more baloney. Um, you also would get very easily distracted when you were at home uh, by squirrels out in your front yard. That one was just having a grand old time. It was. Just lounging. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That wasn't December, though. That was like in the spring. Correct. Yeah. And, uh, yep. So here we are <laughs> on the third week of the 2021 Advent, Advent week three of 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, and we should probably get started instead of just rambling. The, the year of our Lord. C is the year that it is uh, in the in the lectionary. We can For talk more about that. Along bit. at home, who are lectionary based readers? Yes, indeed, it is year mm -hmm. C. So the Monday check in for those uh, who haven't been watching since last year, uh, those who uh, do not count count themselves among our forty nine YouTube subscribers. Um, what do I want for Christmas? 50 YouTube subscribers. <laughs> oh, that's so easy for me to make happen. <laughs> I am going to be directly responsible and Damon, that that will be your Christmas present for me. I will get you your 50th YouTube subscriber. Yeah, well, that'll be fun. Um, all you need to do is log into Esther's account and, <laughs> and like our YouTube channel and then Damon will have 50 YouTube subscribers and I will have gotten Damon what all he wants for Christmas, as he just said. You heard it here. Be easy. So... Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to 
take a look at the scriptures that we're going to do uh, read for the upcoming week of worship. And we'll have a little bit of a chat about those, talk about the, the themes maybe that we see in them, the questions that it raises uh, for us, the questions that we maybe just simply have about the text itself at this point in the week. It's pretty early yet there's time to do more studying. So uh, we are not expected to have all of the answers uh, right in this moment. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and kind of preview the Sunday that's coming up. And then we switch gears and share a little bit about life at First Press Hastings, uh, what's going on, what folks uh, might want to be aware of. So um, I think that it is true that I've used the word um too much already during this. So I'm going to stop doing that. And also, I believe it's your turn to give the opening prayer. Sure. All right. Let's, uh, let's open with a word of prayer. Gracious God, as we dig into your holy word this morning, we hear the voice of the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary, and we hear Mary's response. And just stand in awe. This story, which is now 2,000 years old, still has relevance for us today. And so as we once again hear the voice of the angel Gabriel speaking to Mary, may we also think about how God's voice may be speaking to us. And as we listen to Mary respond to God's voice spoken through the angel Gabriel, may we think about how we also are called to respond to God's voice not just in this season of Advent as we lead up to Christmas, but each and every day of our lives. Bless our study of your word and bless our our efforts at responding to your word in the ways that you want us to, O God. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So even though this is the third week of Advent, this upcoming Sunday is the fourth Sunday in Advent. And so we have scripture readings that uh, tie into the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, I don't, Which I haven't. Actually are the lectionary based readings, Damon. Okay. That's what I was just going to ask because I yeah. haven't really checked because I know that we're doing lessons and carols, but these readings that you have selected for us this morning are at least part of the lectionary suggested lectionary text for this Sunday. Indeed. Yeah. And so, yeah, for those of you playing along at home, uh, Damon and I generally preach from what's called the Revised Common Lectionary, this series of, of readings that are assigned uh, in a three-year cycle. Damon mentioned already that we're in year C, and um, we we occasionally veer off the lectionary. During the summer, we go way off lectionary when we do the summer sermon song series and the children's book series. But during the school year, we generally stick to the lectionary. And this is a, a helpful tool for all of us because it allows our Christian ed folks to know what we're going to be talking about in church on Sunday. So they align what they're doing with the Sunday school curriculum with what we're talking about in church on Sunday. So the kids sort of the kids and the youth and the adults will sort of get, um, get the story multiple times and have a chance to reflect on it. So we're back on lectionary this week. Uh, we, we veered a little bit off lectionary last week, uh, but we're back and uh, we have this exciting story of the annunciation where the angel Gabriel comes down and tells Mary what's going on. And then uh, also Mary's response to the Annunciation, which is often called the Magnificat. Yeah. And that's Annunciation with an A, right? Yeah. Did and I not, not pronounce it that way? Not, well, I was just making sure that people heard it 
clearly, and not enunciation. <laughs> Isn't it? With an E. Is it E or is it an I? Enunciation? It's going to um, be an A. Like, announce. Right, enunciation. But then when you... Enunciate. Enunciate your words? Is that an E or an I? That's an E, isn't it? I don't... I, probably. You have the world's information at your fingertips. Yeah. It's an E. <laughs> so. It's an E, for sure. Okay, but this is the enunciation. This from... is the announcement, the enunciation uh, that Mary will be uh, in Greek. It's called the Theotokos, the bearer the of God. God. Yeah. The God bearer. Theo God bearer. is God, and Tokos is the bearer, the bearer of God. So uh, this is the, the scripture of Theotokos. Yeah. And it comes to us from the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke. We're going to start at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, or announced, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his throne uh, oh, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month for, who, for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, leapt for, leaped, leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Would you like to read, Greg, the Magnificat? Yeah. So Elizabeth has just said, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment. And Mary said, the scriptures read, I like to say, and Mary sang, because we so often hear this sung. But Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, 
for the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Okay. Greg, what do you got? Uh, well, we've got this annunciation. Um, I've always thought that Mary's reaction is uh, pretty calm, all things considered. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then Mary rushes off to her cousin's house, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is with child, and we know that to be John the Baptizer, right? Yeah. Well, her her first reaction is not, well, I don't know if it's calm or not, but... uh, Well, she's perplexed and she ponders. These seem like relatively calm reactions. But she's pondering what sort of greeting this might be, right? That, uh, I, I, I don't know if she recognizes... Gabriel as an angel, as a messenger of God in that moment, right? Um, We're getting a phone call. Probably Sarah will answer. She will. And I'll unplug my phone so it doesn't ring again. Sorry about that, guys. So will I. Um, Right, but there's this there's this sort of sense that like, if God shows up at your doorstep, it might not be for a great reason. Right? I mean, if Mary knew her uh, her Torah, her Old Testament uh, scriptures, uh, God showing up, yes, is not always the best thing. Mm-hmm. And even when Moses comes into, when Moses sees the, the it's, it's this sort of sense of, of awe and terror kind of at the same time, right? And that, and because like, if you're encountering God in that way and that closely, like you are also most likely encountering the judgment of God, right? Uh, and we being human beings, that judgment might not go that well for us, right? Um, so the, there's, a, there's a danger, a, a kind of a danger, right, in encountering God. And I think the same is true uh, – hopefully it's true in our worship services, right? That uh, there's a kind of a danger that like, if you really encounter the word of God, it might um, lead you to change your life in some way, right? It, it might lead you to make some sort of sacrifice, um, give up something or start a new something, right? Um, and there's a certain kind of, there's a certain kind of danger, I think, in, in encountering that. Yeah. I think that's very well said, and and we can read read between the lines. I did say that her her reaction was calm because she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting. And then the angel says to her, "Do not be afraid, Mary." So we can read between the lines, and perhaps Mary was showing a bit of fear, appropriately. Yeah. Um, some but, yeah, but, some sort of hesitation, some sort of 
you know, like you call somebody out of the blue, <laughs> like, why is the pastor calling me? Um, yes. You know, <laughs> that, you know, if I get a call from, you know, you know, why is, why am I getting a call from the sheriff's office? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. There's more to that story, Damon. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll dig into that a little bit later, but. Why am I getting a call from my doctor's office? <laughs> you know, what's happening? The, the doctor, okay, but the sheriff, Damon, let's. Um, That'd be worrying, wouldn't it? <laughs> I, you wouldn't, the sheriff wouldn't have popped in your head for a random call if that wasn't something that had actually happened. I'm just saying. The ones with um, the authority, that's all I'm saying. So the angel says, don't be afraid for you have found favor with God. So putting her at ease, right? This is not a judgment call. This is instead a call. Uh, you found favor with God. And, and here's what that favor is going to look like. I'm going to call you into service. God is going to call you into service, right? You're going to become the Theotokos, the bearer of God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be great. Um, Mary processes this, says, uh, i I don't understand how this can happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Virgin says, Holy Spirit, or the angel says, Holy Spirit's got this. Um, and yeah. uh, and essentially, like you, you're going to be the next in the series of improbable births, right? right. Um, that and and if she knows, if she knows her scripture, which I'm her her, her stories of faith, which I'm sure that she does. Like, there's there's a, a kind of a long list of women who should not have been able to have children and yet somehow had children, right? Dating all the way back to Abraham and Sarah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then the but then the the angel contextualizes it for her, and it's like, remember your your relative Elizabeth, who was sold, and and we thought she was barren, but you know she's pregnant now, and so look, it's possible for these things to happen. And again, for nothing will be impossible with God. And then Mary's response is just powerful and brave and bold. Um, and she's Mary is so often depicted as gentle and meek. But I mean, you think about this teenage girl standing there saying, here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. That is some just incredibly powerful faith there on display uh not so meek and mild which is i think was the title of my sermon a few years ago mary not so meek and mild um and i'm still feeling that today when i read out those lines yeah it gives her um, a certain amount of agency maybe in the story that um it's a thing that she is is choosing to yeah. uh, to a certain extent like that um yes I, I i i am i'm happy or honored to live into this role i suppose yeah and then we we get into the, the action scene mary immediately sets out with haste to this judean town in the hill country i gotta go visit my cousin elizabeth this angel just referenced her she's with child She's got to know that I'm also now with child and she walks in and the child in Elizabeth's womb leaps. Right. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth and, then is filled with the Holy spirit. 
Yeah. And in Luke's gospel, that child uh, goes on to become. John the baptizer. Right. Um, not all, not well, I guess we don't know about that's the case or not in the other gospel narratives. Right. 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 Um, and the other guy, he just shows up, doesn't he? John the baptizer sort of appears out of in, nowhere in, in Mark, at least. Mark. Yeah. Yeah, because there's no birth narrative in Mark. Yeah. Right? It jumps right into the uh, right into John the Baptizer appearing in the wilderness and Jesus starting his earthly ministry. Yeah. And I think um, I think in Matthew he just shows up as well. Yeah. Not as dramatically, perhaps. Yeah. It's just kind of like a, in those days, John was baptizing people in the in the Jordan River, right? Yep. But in Luke's narrative. One yeah, of Jane Marsh's favorite jokes, the time that the pastor uh, mixed up Jordan and John. So rather than saying John was baptizing people in the Jordan, the pastor said Jordan was baptizing people in the John. Okay. <laughs> this is one of Jane Marsh's favorite jokes. She tells it often. <laughs> so I mean, uh, wherever there's water, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I've been making a point in recent baptisms to point out that, in fact, it is just ordinary Hastings tap water that we use uh, for baptisms, but it becomes extraordinary because it's a sign and a seal of God's grace. But anyways, uh, we're, we're totally off script now. Um, <laughs> so Elizabeth gets filled with the Holy Spirit, and she reinforces the message of the angel Gabriel. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. It's just some powerful stuff here. Um, it's good stuff. And I, I've preached on the relationship between Mary and Elizabeth, too. Uh, I, there's a lot of rich stuff in this first chapter of Luke. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good story. Uh, it's been around for a while, you know. <laughs> um, it's <about> staying power. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and there's an intimacy in this version that's not um, not present in the other. Got certainly not in Mark, um, and not so much in in Matthew's narrative either um let's see luke is luke has the shepherds is that right and yep. matthew has the magi yep right um yeah so you know matthew's got the, the star interestingly enough though matthew has um the annunciation to joseph sure yeah mm -hmm. shows up to joseph in a dream yes um, so just interesting. Um, and in our service on Sunday, we're going to, we're going to have the Annunciation to Mary, and then we're going to have the Annunciation of Joseph. So we're going to read the Luke and then we're going to read the Matthew. Um, yeah. not entirely suppose, sure they occurred in that order, but we're going to yeah. try to piece it together. And I suppose there's something Mary might not necessarily be the person that you would anticipate this this announcement uh, coming to you, at least so directly. Um, so there's, 
there's something there perhaps as well. Um, yeah. And then we get to this thing called the commonly called the Magnificat. From the first line, my soul magnifies the Lord, right? Magnificat. And, uh, and then Mary sings this stunningly beautiful, powerful song of praise uh, to God as she embraces her role as being the bearer of God, of being the Theotokos. And then she names uh, what she knows will be ushered in through Jesus' birth, this reign um, of justice uh, that, that people haven't been feeling. Um, and yeah. Yeah, and one of the things that I think is interesting about this song because you know when folks are reading it in the in if you're reading it in your bible right all of a sudden the format of the text changes right uh and that indicates to readers that this was uh this section of the bible is poetry uh and and probably the psalms are all not all of them but the vast majority of the psalms are written in this uh style and that indicates that it was poetry and that it was most likely sung by folks, right? Not only that, Damon, to double down on that, in the listing for the Revised Common Lectionary, um, you know, there's always, there's an Old Testament reading, a psalm, a gospel reading, and uh, an epistle. They actually list the Magnificat as the psalm for this week. So they treat it as a psalm, as a song, as a poem. So you're, you're, you're spot on there. Yeah. Uh, and, what, and what I always find interesting is that Mary's song is strikingly similar to, is it Miriam's song, right? Yes. Uh, that is, that is sung. Uh, Miriam is Moses's wife. This is correct. Uh, and, and she sings this song after they, uh, after the Israelites escape slavery in Egypt. Yep. Um, right. And, and, and Mary's song is, it's almost the same <laughs> the song, right? So the song that gets sung from this moment of, of liberation um, now shows up again uh, in Mary when, when as she is, um, as she, she, and so it's this continuing act of, of liberation, right? Of, of God supporting the broken. Um, and and the and the words re reflect that you know the um, he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty well yeah that's what you would sing if you had just been liberated from an oppressive yeah. power and mm -hmm. Miriam's song I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted both horse and driver have been hurled into the sea the Lord is my strength and salvation he has become my salvation he is my God I will praise him my father's God and I will exalt him um, your right hand Lord was majestic in power your right hand shattered the enemy I mean you're yeah the parallels are very strong here Yeah. so we see and it and it connects 
also to some of the broader broader themes of the Gospel of Luke, right? Um, in Gospel, I think it's the Gospel of Luke. You'll correct me if I'm wrong, because <laughs> you passed that Bible test back back in the day. Yeah, but you were a religion major for undergrad, so <laughs> you said clearly you would have been able to pass that Bible test that I had to pass to become a Presbyterian pastor. So it's, I'm pretty sure this is Luke's gospel. Jesus shows up at the temple, at the synagogue. They hand him a scroll to read, and this is his like public uh, preaching ministry debut, right? Yep. And this, and the scroll is Isaiah, and yep. it's uh, the God, the Lord's favorite. I'm here to declare the year of the Lord um, to let the oppressed go free and recovery to, of sight to the blind. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Luke four. Uh, that's the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry in the gospel of Luke. Yeah. And so, yeah. So there's this theme in the gospel of Luke um, specifically about how the reign of Christ, God's kingdom that Christ ushers in will be good news uh, to those who are poor and oppressed and, and marginalized, those living on the margins. Um, and so it starts right here in Luke 1 when Mary sings her Magnificat and talks about how Christ has brought down the powerful from their thrones, lifted up the lowly, filled the hungry with good things, helped his servant Israel. And then Luke 4 picks it up. And then really throughout, because uh, you get the Sermon on the Plain in Luke as opposed to the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew. And the Sermon on the Mount spiritualizes poverty. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, whereas the Sermon on the Plain is blessed are the poor. Yep. It doesn't say the in spirit thing, right? And so there is a consistent theme throughout the Gospel of Luke that Christ has come specifically for those living on the margins, those who are oppressed and marginalized, um, and that Christ is here for them. Uh, and yeah, yeah. It's, it's some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthew has, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, right? Right, and then Luke says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst. Yeah, blessed are the hungry. Full stop, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. which, you know, raises, yeah, all sorts of interesting theological questions and and ties into this sort of call um, for this, restructuring of the world right or, or the sort of flipping over of the world right um and there and the magnificat has folks probably have their own favorite uh, musical version of the magnificat uh, i'm particularly fond of the one that we're going to do at the 11 o'clock service on christmas eve um which is part of the holden evening prayer service but um uh, but yeah, there's lots of stuff here. Yeah, and I'm, I'm particularly fond of the Canticle of the Turning, which we will be doing this Sunday. Um, and I think for the 8.30 service, we'll sing it as a congregational hymn. For the 10.30 service, we'll have a soloist sing the verses and the congregation will sing the refrain. Um, and that's a pretty stunning version of the Magnificat. And I believe, is there not a version of the Magnificat in Handel's Messiah? I don't know Okay. the answer to that question. There is. Handel's Messiah is an Easter service. Doesn't it also have the Christmas theme? Well, I've never actually read the whole thing, I suppose. It might tell the entire story. But I know that it was 
written in, as an Easter service. Ah, so the Magnificat is often paired with, uh, Handel's Messiah is often paired with Bach's Magnificat. It perfectly complements Handel's intent. Yeah. I just read that on the Google. Um, so, just, I always stand questioningly. Why are we singing this at Christmas? It's part of an Easter service. Mm. <laughs> are and we singing I, part of Handel's Messiah at the? And then I sing along, and I love it. So, <laughs> don't, don't want folks to hear me being over it. Uh, yeah, they did it at the symphony concert uh -huh. on Sunday. And then uh, also at the Adam Central, they'd sing it every year at the Adam Central. They sing uh, the Hallelujah Chorus? Yeah. Uh, yep. And they invite folks to come up and join them on stage. Like we do on Easter Sunday here at First yes. Presbyterian Church yep. of Hastings. And they, and people are supposed to, um, okay, supposed to stand um, during the singing of the Messiah. And I asked someone, I was like, why are we standing <laughs> for this? And this is what I was told. So I don't know if it's true or not. But allegedly, at the first the offering of this of this worship service, uh, I don't know, the king, I don't know which king, the king was there. And it's apparently like a two or two hour thing, this whole work, right? Handles Messiah? They, yeah. Yeah. And the king, uh, during the Messiah, stood up to to stretch his legs. And since the king stood up, everybody else stood up. And so now everybody still stands during Handel's Messiah. During the Hallelujah Chorus. During the Hallelujah Chorus. That is an interesting tradition. See, I would have totally taken that a different direction. Uh, but that's an interesting urban legend. Yeah. There's I assumed it was some sort of like worshipful thing. Yeah. Right. But that's not what I was told. There are a lot of um, churches that uh, will stand when the gospel message is read. So like during the worship service, when you get to the reading of the gospel, everybody stands uh, out of respect for the gospel message. And so that was the connection that I was going to make with Handel's Messiah and the Hallelujah Chorus. But it sounds like um, there's a more mundane explanation. And maybe it's both. I don't. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe it's neither. I, I just well, I know that I was told to stand up. There you go. I think we've got a lot of rich fodder for uh, for worship on Sunday. And actually, I'm also thinking about uh, spending a little bit of time reflecting on the very popular song "Mary, Did You Know," um, and then contrasting that with Mary's Magnificat. Uh, and so that's kind of kind of where where this is all headed. I think. Um, and we'll see how it all turns out. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to give away the answer. Uh, <laughs> I think we already did. To, to the question. Um, did Mary know, but. But you did have a t-shirt made about this a couple <laughs> years ago. It seems like she, seems like she probably did. Yeah. <laughs> seems like she, so, uh, yeah. Okay. So it'll preach. You think? I think it'll preach. Yeah, good deal. Uh, should we switch gears then? Yeah, let's talk about what's going on in the life of our church. Okie doke.
We've got um, this Saturday is a United Harvest food distribution coming up. Uh, so anyone who would like to volunteer for that, they're going to need volunteers at 930. Uh, if you're on Facebook, go to the United Harvest Facebook page. There's a link to sign up to volunteer. Uh, they like to help organize their volunteers that way to make sure they have enough and also to assign them. So check that out. Uh, Saturday at 930 um, typically takes about three hours. And then there's a cleanup crew as well. Uh, so if you can join us for that, we'd love your help. Um, that would be other... a good, that'd be a good self-emptying activity during this season of Advent. Yeah, and a couple more other self-emptying activities. Uh, one of them would be uh, our, um, was it, it's not called Project Angel Tree. What is it called? The, the giving, giving Tree. tree. Yeah. The giving tree. So set up in our memorial room is a tree with tags on it. And on the tag, if you open it up, it, it's got a gift that somebody has requested from South Central Behavioral Services. Um, and this is a way for you to, to again, self-empty during the season of Advent to reflect on the needs of others. So you pick up the tag, run out to the store, get the gift, bring it back to the church wrapped with the tag attached. And uh, we'll get those delivered to our friends at South Central Behavioral Services to their clients. So uh, a great way to help out during this season of Advent as well. And one final one, which is our reversed Advent calendar. I bet you've got a copy there of it. Uh, my it's copy you. is sitting in the sanctuary. But uh, yeah, this is our Advent devotional, The Work of Hope. And on the inside of it, you'll find a... Uh, reverse advent calendar where we're encouraging folks to collect an item each day of the season of advent that goes to benefit our local ministry partners like uh encourage advocacy center and catholic social services and hastings food pantry um and the crossroads homeless shelter so we encourage you to be part of that as well all really good ways to um to really dig into what the season of advent is about which is this notion of really preparing our hearts and minds, not just for Christ's birth, but for Christ's coming and, and emptying ourselves into what that means so that we too can live into this vision that Mary sings about in the Magnificat. So what's going on with Christian Ed around the church, Damon? Uh, Christian Ed, we have, uh, in terms of our youth, we have one, uh, we will meet this Wednesday. Um, We'll have Wednesday Night Live this week. That'll be our, our last one before we take a little break for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we have a little bit of a, an altered schedule for our middle school and high school. Uh, nothing changes for our elementary students. Uh, same, same time, same schedule for them. Our middle school and high schoolers uh, is mostly the same. Uh, they can come for dinner at 6 and then we'll start middle school and high school youth group at 645 uh, because the, the, the Cal West, the middle school and high school bells and choir are they're done helping to lead us in worship until next year. Uh, so they're going to they're just going to go ahead and take a break from their rehearsals starting this week um, so they can come at six. We'll start youth group stuff at 645 uh, and go until uh, go for an hour until 7.45 or so. Um, <clears throat> so that's this Wednesday. And Sunday school for our for our youth, uh, you know, K through 12, uh, is, is now on a break. Um, we did our last Sunday school this past week, 
And so no Sunday school this coming week until until the new year. Um, I think until January 9th. Yeah, I think that's or, right. Or is it January 2nd? Do we start back January 2nd? I think the 9th, because on the 2nd, we, like, there's still, I think, I think a lot of schools are starting school on the 3rd. Um, yeah. And so since folks are still on break, uh, we just wait until school is back in session. So uh, Sunday school will be back on the 9th of January. Uh, adult ed stuff, we just uh, wrapped up our last forum series for this year. Uh, Lindsay Kluver had done a little series called Creating Hope, uh, taking a look at uh, Advent through uh, artistic means and endeavors. And so uh, this past week, uh, folks created a little bit of art, which I'm sure didn't frighten anyone in the room. <laughs> sure that, and she said, do not be afraid. It's just crayons, is what she said. So, so that is wrapped up, and we'll take a little break from forum series, and again until until January, uh, when we start back up with some stuff. So, and otherwise, Tuesday Bible study will meet this week. They'll probably meet next week. Probably, yeah. And then they'll take, uh, they're pretty hardy. They, they really only take one week off. <laughs> they're just yeah. kind of there all the time. Uh, Heirs of Parent, I think, is done for the semester. They tend to follow the Sunday school schedule. Um, we can confirm that, I suppose, with folks. But, yeah, that's kind of what's what's going on. Yeah, and then if you're getting ready for Christmas Eve, um, we'll, we'll have another Monday check-in before that. But we'll just uh, update you. We're going to have four Christmas Eve services this year. Uh, we do one over at College View at 2.30. That is for College View residents and their families. Uh, a number of our Chancel Choir members go over there and help lead that service as well. And um, so those are for folks who can't get out to Christmas Eve services. So we bring a Christmas Eve service to them. Uh, and so we'll do that at 2.30. Then we'll be back here at the church at 5.30 for a family-oriented Christmas Eve service. Uh, 7.30 for a traditional Christmas Eve service. And uh, Damon already gave you a preview. 11 o'clock, there's the Holden Village uh, Vespers Christmas Eve service that includes a stunning version of Mary's Magnificat that is Damon's favorite. So you should be there for that. And on and on it goes. Anything else we need to let folks know about? I think we've covered all the bases. Okie dokie. Uh, then I'm going to uh, invite us to close with a word of prayer. I'm going to uh, read a prayer from the Advent devotional. I'm going to read uh, a prayer uh, written by, this is, this is written by Jennifer Bovey. So I'm going to read this prayer. Gracious God, Give us the humility to remember that we are both the lowly and the rich in various areas of our lives. While your word is a source of hope at our lowest points, help us to remember that we are more often the rich that need to be emptied. Help us to empty ourselves of our status, our pride, our self-image, our money, and all other things that distract us from our purpose of bearing the image of your hope in our world. 
Give us the courage to endure the discomfort that comes with doing the work of hope. Remind us that carrying, sustaining, and growing your hope means not only loving those whom we already love, but loving those who need our love most. Amen. Wow. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so she's, she's a junior in college, right, at Northwestern? This, I, I think that this is her senior year, but, um, but since she's in teacher ed, I think that she will student teach next, uh, next fall. Wow, that, uh, I'm going to send her a note. That's a great <laughs> prayer. I had not read that one yet. <laughs> yeah. It's, my for, confession. it's for next week. Um, okay. Well, but I figured we it was, since that's kind of what we were talking about, I figured uh, yeah. it was, a, it was appropriate for that. But good choice, Damon. Yeah. So, uh, well, with all those things said and done uh, until next time, toodaloo.